1: hello everybody welcome to episode 114 of the dynasty junkies podcast a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i am your host rocky petrella at dynasty ff addict with me tonight is scott sidlow at scott underscore sidlow scott week two is in the books how
2: you feeling dude it's already week three i know guess what guess what obj's catch was bested and most <laughs> of the country didn't even see it because it's on amazon I but it was hype machine it was better it was more <laughs> it difficult was and in way. my opinion as a former wide receiver it was a better catch george pickens let's go it was a fantastic so the height machine now he's worth like four firsts right uh, i think he's up to six at this okay point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe our guests can chime in on that too i i, I don't know what's taking me so long to get him on here we've uh, talked to him on trade addicts had him on dynasty game night really smart guy love talking to him john arrington better known as the at dynasty coach a on twitter john how you doing tonight and what did you think of that pick and sketch if you saw it
3: yeah, I'm doing great. And uh, honestly, that catch was amazing. Um, I I think it's more amazing that he actually did something in a game because, like you guys said, that the hype has gotten wild, and yet uh, you know he, he's literally done nothing in the first two weeks. So uh, it's nice to see that he's done something. But you know, I, I wonder if that if that catch is going to you know bring that hype right back, and maybe it's a selling point for some people.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he still got Mitch Trubisky and. Kenny Pickett thrown to him all year. So exactly. (laughs) But we'll get right into it. Uh we are going to start with the news.
0: News and notes.
1: Uh, (laughs) We only have one major piece of news this week. We we don't want to get too much into the to the weeds with this stuff. We'll just talk about the the major stories you kind of need to talk about, and that is Trey Lance you know everybody's excited to see him this year he sat out almost all of last year and of course he gets injured breaks uh, breaks his ankle i think in a couple places and now we have our old friend jimmy g back so uh john what do you what do you how do you see this like how do you see this for lance going forward and any uh, what what's jimmy g's price in the dynasty market right now you think
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I honestly, I was pretty worried about Lance anyway, Um, not necessarily for like fantasy football purposes, but for NFL purposes, I was just worried that he, you know, could he actually run an offense and, um, you know, I, I've seen so many people come from the small schools and just completely fail. And, you know, like he, he, has a small school resume but it's very small resume from a small school and so i was always worried about that the fact that he couldn't get on the field really besides injury you know reasons year one definitely didn't bode well and uh you know it the whole debacle with like them not trading jimmy g and all that kind of stuff obviously it worked out for the team (laughs) but you know it it was just always weird. And, you know, people said, Oh, you know, it's, it's not because he's going to take his job or anything like that. I'm like, man, I don't, this is a business, you know, like they <laughs> kept him around for a reason. So I, I wanted to see Trey Lance get on the field. I wanted to see him succeed. I was hoping, you know, like I, I always hope for the best with these players, but man, I just didn't think that it was going to be great. I actually think that Jimmy G being here is actually better for the offense as a whole. Um, you know, like I said, I think that Trey Lance could have put up fantasy points, but that's not going to help the entire offense, including Debo and Iuke and whoever else and anyone that, you know, any of one of the nine running backs that end up running the ball uh, in any particular game. So I think the Jimmy G can kind of help there, but even then, it's still a low-volume passing offense. Like, we saw what what happened last year, you know, the back half of the, of the season, Brandon IU got like six targets a game. Debo had a, about five or six targets a game, and and ran for like 60, 70 yards a game. It was just it was all very weird. But I don't see it being very different. I mean, what's nothing's changed at this point, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you said there, though. I think it's better for pretty much everyone in the offense except Trey Lance uh, that. <laughs> To have Jimmy G, at least we know what these guys are with Jimmy G too. We've seen it for the last couple of years. I was worried about I was worried about pretty much everyone other than Debo, including Kittle, because um, I didn't know what this was going to be in a, in a Trey Lance offense. Uh, but I, I had faith that Debo was going to have a role no matter what. I mean, Kittle's definitely have a role, but I was like you said, low volume. But I, it, it could have even been lower volume. I think if uh, with all of uh, Lance's runs, but. Absolutely. Uh, Scott, what do you, what do you think? You, you pretty much agree with that. And do you have, uh, if you, if you were desperate for a quarter or if you're selling Jimmy G, what are you trying to get for him? Cause I think that's probably more likely in your case. I don't think you're buying, I know in you, I don't think you're trying to buy Jimmy G.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I just saw him trade it like a couple hours ago and it's for uh, a guy that spammed basically the entire league for a 23 <laughs> second. And that seems about right. I mean, you know, he's going to give you this year. Um, I also made a trade for him like a few weeks ago with anticipation of uh Lance like sucking or and <laughs> or Jimmy G just starting somewhere next year because I didn't really, you know, I have Allen and Mahomes. Uh, so it's just kind of like getting another quarterback that I could use, getting thrown in on a trade. So um, you know, in, the, in in that case, you know, there's a bigger trade, so the value is really irrelevant. But a second right now seems to make sense um, for Jimmy G. And that's fine. I'd pay that if I need somebody. I'm perfectly fine with that um, as like my third guy. Or if I have a rotation of guys at my second spot, I'm, I'm cool with adding him to it. Um, as far as Trey Lance, it's basically the same injury as Dak, except not as extensive. So if we, you know, if we've seen Dak come back from it, the only difference though is, I mean, Lance needs to run for his value, right? He's not passing like Dak. So that that would be the concerning part. Um from all accounts, from all the injury guys I listen to, um, you know, they they expect that there's no reason with this injury um not to have a full recovery. So if you're a team that's playing for next year or you know if you're already rebuilding or productive struggle or whatever strategy you're doing at this point, um, you know, if you can get a little discount on him then it's it's definitely worth throwing out an offer and sometimes you know people lose a player like that and they don't want to just dump them like right away so the kind of that value actually doesn't really tend to drop for a couple of weeks or maybe as the season goes on maybe the the team that has him turns out to have a pretty good team but Now they're going, well, gee, if I just had somebody else instead of Lance, now they may be more willing to take that discount because now they're looking at a championship instead of worrying about getting the value for Lance. So it may not happen right away, but give it a few weeks, keep an eye on it, maybe reach out to the, you know, whoever, um, whichever manager has him in your league and, you know, see if you can pull off a deal or at least keep it in mind for the near future
1: speaking of which i actually made a lance trade this week you can tell me if i got fleeced here because i definitely i know definitely one of these guys has very little value going forward may not even have value by the end of the year but i did it anyway uh i traded trey lance for carson wentz and terry mclaren how bad is it
3: (laughs) are you competing
1: i am i'm very heavily competing in that league yes
3: okay I don't hate it. Uh, you know, like I said, I wasn't the biggest Trey Lance fan uh, in the in the beginning anyway. So, like, it doesn't really bother me getting rid of him. But at the same time, I'm not a Carson Wentz fan, which we'll probably get into here in a little bit. We will bit. be talking about him and, later, yes. Um, and then, you know, McLaurin is, is kind of looking like the third fiddle right now. So, I, I don't know. It's um, Obviously, McLaurin is a good player. Like, he could just – it could be a small sample thing and he could, you know, be – great this week. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, hell, I made a great trade, you know, but yeah. uh, just the, the way things are looking, I, I don't know that I love it, but at the same time, I don't think you ruined anything and you needed a QB. So, uh, yes. you know, there's probably worse trades that you could have made too. <laughs> yeah. I actually
1: did have two other QBs, but one of them was Matt Ryan, who I like even less than Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> I, I did want to get another guy in there. And the other thing with it for me was may, maybe you should be able to get more, but I, I, I'm i not sure after the injury, but i'm very you know concerned even going forward like when he comes back next year he will have played like what like four or five games over the last three years or something three, like that yeah. i mean yeah. it's insane like yeah. because even go back to college He only played one game his last year of college so uh i i just i wonder i i, I mean his value will have to go up as he gets closer but i think there's i'm not sure it's going to rebound to where it was prior to like this season like I think people are going to be much more questioning of them, even than they were now and, and worried yeah. about it and that kind of thing. So I, I'm not sure I'm getting that much of a value boost later. Maybe I could have gotten more now, but I, I figured what the hell. So, um, so we're also going to do a little strategy talk before we get into our player topic, but uh, before we get into some dynasty strategy, Scott, why don't you talk about some grooming strategy? How about that segue?
2: Ooh, wow. Look Ooh. at that. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know, Rocky, maybe, maybe leave those segues to me. Yeah, that wasn't great. All right. Well, (laughs) let's. uh, (laughs) Okay. So anyway, uh, as our loyal listeners know, at this point, we are now officially sellouts. And uh, it's a wonderful thing because... You know, support for Dynasty Junkies is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, our Junkies listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping. With the code junkies. And that is true. It is worldwide shipping because we had that question. The the very first thing, like within an hour of reading that somebody asked us, well, do they ship? to?" I think it was England in that case. But I know we have a lot of international listeners. We've talked about that in the past. So uh, it is worldwide shipping. So again, 20% off with code junkies. So the performance package 4.0 has the lawnmower 4.0. Okay. So that means it is version 4.0. All right. And I had version literally version one, which, you know, was like the original and it was still better than like anything uh, I had ever used. So this this one is even bigger, badder uh, and, uh, you know, easier to use. And um, let's just say, you know, I mean, hey, it, it does it does what it's supposed to do. So it also includes the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. The crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to keep it all together and bring it all with you wherever you go. Uh, the 4.0 is the trimmer is the future of grooming and the best ball trimmer ever. Features a cutting edge ceramic, ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And, uh, yeah, we do not want grooming accidents, especially in that no. general location. So that that is a nice thing. I wonder uh, if there was
1: testing done to confirm that was the best ball trimmer ever. Like, did they compare different ball trimmers?
2: I, I believe so. <laughs> I believe this is proven. Uh, absolutely. There's a study been done. And yeah, I, uh, I believe that. Dynasty Nerds <laughs> was the first study. <laughs> uh, but the two best things about it, in my opinion, is waterproof, number one. So that's sweet. And then also it's the spotlight that's on there because that's always the hardest thing. It's like, do you do you need to go like get your shop light from the garage and like bring it into the bathroom? And then your wife's like, um, yeah, what the hell are you doing? You know, um, so it is nice to have a spotlight so you can see what you're doing. It is an amazing thing. Um, and I, honestly, the thing I use the most is is the weed whacker. Uh, the nose and ear hair trimmer that thing's amazing Uh, I did recently have surgery to uh, fix my septum and keeping everything kind of cleaned up and trimmed and whatnot Um, it's super easy to use it's fast it's convenient uh, so that is that is an awesome thing
1: yeah i was going to mention that even if you're not into the whole below the belt grooming thing that yeah that thing's fantastic uh, it really there's nothing is. wrong with the little making the deodorant making things smell a little nicer down there even if you're not doing the, especially if you're not doing the grooming so <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> well and as we go into this time i mean it's important it's something. now i live in chicago so i know in in philly it's it's pretty similar um there with climate wise right like yeah. know, it's real hot you know we're kind of taking things taking care of things more but like in the winter maybe it's like
3: eh,
2: you could use the extra coat you know what i mean but you still you still want to keep it keep it nice for you know your uh extracurricular activities um so yeah take care of yourself go to manscape.com get 20 off and free worldwide shipping with code junkies
1: yes make sure you use that code it really helps us out if you do But we'll we'll get back to the show now. Uh, Again, talking some Dynasty strategy. Strategy. What we wanted to ask, guys, just one simple kind of question we'll get into, and then we have a little bit of a a player topic is, uh, what are you doing with your Dynasty teams right now? Uh, John just had to sit there for a while while me and Scott talked about balls. So... uh (laughs) <laughs> so uh, john like are you basically are you more in wait and see mode after only two weeks are you still actively trading a lot uh i don't know how many leagues you're in but two weeks in are you making a lot of trades are you kind of just let me see how good my team is how bad my team is and, and then maybe you know a month in six weeks in i'll, I'll really start trying to to make some moves
3: yeah, I'm in, uh, 24 leagues and I have yet to make a trade in season. So I just, I, um, week one was funky. If you, if I'm sure you guys watched it. I mean, a lot of backups were scoring Always. touchdowns and, yeah. and, you know, it was just, it was just weird. And I mean, that's what you expect kind of, but, uh, then week two kind of fixed a lot of like questions and, and things like that. But, you know, I still think that there's a lot of people saying, you know, like, well, who's this player and who's that player? Like who, the, who are they really? Um, as far as like my teams go, I feel like you should know who like what your team is for the most part. Like obviously like somebody's going to be a surprise. Like maybe you didn't think Drake London was going to, you know, be a standout in, you know, the first couple of weeks and and so now your team's a little bit better than you expected or maybe you thought, you know, DJ Moore was going to be a, you know, complete stud and, you know, now you're like, "Oh, well, you know, maybe I'm I'm starting off a little slower than expected." But you should have an idea of what your team was going to be before the season starts two weeks isn't changing that for me. You know, like there's a couple of teams where I'm, um, there's one team in, in particular where I'm one and three with the league median. Um, so, you know, I, I, I won one week against the median, but I've lost both of my games technically. And then I lost against the median in the second week, but man, I have a studly team. It's just, things just aren't working out. I, I lost Keenan Allen week one. Um, I lost Julio Jones. I lost uh, uh, shoot. Who else? I'm trying, but regardless, like I, I know for a fact that my team is good. <laughs> there's just yeah. no, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I think it's just, it's just like rare, you know, circumstance and like, you know, bad luck for the most part for starting out the season. If I'm four or five weeks in and I'm still sitting there with like a below 500 record and that kind of thing, then yeah, it's completely different. But two weeks in, I'm not changing my mind from how I felt two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. And I, 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 I basically agree with that. I, I'm not changed. I, I basically had an idea of what most of my teams were, what I thought was a contender, what I thought was a, what I knew going in was definitely a rebuild and this season was kind of playing for draft positioning. Uh, but, and I, I'm kind of with you in that. I mean, I, I have made trades um, in the first two weeks here, but uh, it's definitely been a little more wait and see a lot of it's been more stuff coming into me when you're in a bunch of leagues, you're going to get some trade offers. And I've, I've, uh, you know, played around with some of them, countered some, some of them were worthy of accepting. Uh, Occasionally, you know, somebody will throw someone on the block in one league today where I'm a heavy contender. uh, Someone said someone, we actually had a guy leave like the two days ago or something. And this guy came in uh, in season and and threw cup on the block. And and I, I worked out a trade for cup, but it's not, this isn't a league I was planning on doing anything, but the guy just said it, I threw out what I thought I was actually a little bit of a low ball offer and he accepted. So that worked out for me. (laughs) So That's tough to get cup right now. (laughs) Yes. uh, Yeah, it was like a first, a second, uh, which are going to be very late, most likely, because they're mine. And And you just got cup. (laughs) Yeah, and I just got cup, exactly. And I uh, threw another player. Oh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. No, it was Isaiah Pacheco and Dalton Schultz so i yeah. did give up quite a few pieces but nothing that's gonna you know break you know break anything for me so uh no, i like I, it that's what i kind of done like i've seen that happen a couple times in chats and throwing out some offers but i haven't i haven't been sending at nearly the offers that i did in like before in august i was kind of ramping up for the season and sending out a lot of stuff and i haven't done as much now but but what about you scott are you basically same activity level as usual a little less a little more what do you what are you doing
2: So basically, I'm only trying to take advantage of anyone panicking. Um, That's really the only trades that I'm making. Uh, But otherwise, uh, Jordan McNamara, who does the Analytics of Dynasty, he also has this guide that's called uh, the Analytics of Dynasty Rebuilding Guide. And essentially, it's the first three weeks. After the first three weeks, you should pretty much know where you're at and statistically it's going to tell you where you're going to end up now we did add one more week i think since this was done i don't know if this was based on 17 i think all the research was based on you 16. know 16 uh games but regardless i think you know three weeks um is essentially you know 25 of the season you know um so it's you know almost anyway i guess it depends if you're week through week 13 or 14 however your your league handles it but essentially it's a pretty good indicator of where you're gonna end up obviously there are outliers like just exactly what john was talking about right where he knows he has a great team but he's just been a little bit unlucky so in that case it's not like you're just gonna blow it all up like you you know you're looking at it you did you you analyzed it and you said okay yeah i'm still one of the better teams in the league you know, my max points is good. My all play records. Good. I just had some bad luck with the schedule. Right. So, um, after, so really I don't do anything until after week three. And then after week three, I start going through my leagues significantly, uh, spending some time, not just analyzing where my team is at, but then where it relates to the league. And then I'm going to start making some moves because essentially, um, I have a lot of teams that could be kind of in the middle. And in the past, I tend to like rebuild those. and just be like, well, if I'm, if I'm fifth or sixth best, then I might as well just rebuild. Right. But I I think that's been wrong. I think because, you know, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting a lot more towards competing, even if maybe they're not great, but if, if I know I can get in, but again, you have to look at your league and you have to know, you know, if there are, there four rebuilding teams already? you know, then you're already behind all of them. So what's your best case scenario? You're going to finish like seventh or eighth. Well, so do you want the one Oh six or do you want a shot at winning? Yeah. You know, so then at that point, you know, I'm just going to go for it. And,
1: and it um, happens.
2: I had a team last year where yeah. I was, Yeah. I, uh, I had,
1: I was, I was six out of six playoff teams, but I happened to have Amin Ra, Rashad Penny and Burrow on that team, which were, you know, if you remember <laughs> last year were basically the playoff heroes and they took yes. me to a title on a team that yes. had no, no right winning it. So,
2: yes, it happens. That's right. That's what I mean. So you, all you have to do is get there. So after week three, you should have a pretty good idea of where you're at. If you look around and, and everybody else kind of feels the same way, that could be an opportunity for you to rebuild, too, because then you get ahead of those other teams that are rebuilding um, or thinking they might wait till later to kind of see what happens. Like, if you know it's just not it you want to be like the first one to do it because then you can start getting maximum value for your vets. Um, so again, after three weeks is really where I start to dig in.
1: Two things I wanted to mention there. One, building off one of your points or just kind of emphasizing one of your points that it's definitely good to see how many teams are. Re- I, Cause I'm in leagues where there they will be, there will be four, maybe even five teams that are, they're rebuilding. And at that point you basically are just trying to, be sixth out of you know you know six out of seven or eight and and you right. at least get that shot. And like you said, if four or five teams already are, you're you're way behind the eight ball anyway. So like you said, take the shot at winning and your chances are like, you know, 75% that you're gonna be one of those playoff teams anyway, if that many teams are rebuilding a twelve, especially in a twelve team league. So Uh, The other thing I want to mention is kind of the opposite of what you said. Like you mentioned possibly, I think, buying if people are panicking. The the one other thing I have been doing in the first couple of weeks is trying to sell guys that whatever – like I managed to move two of my Julio Jones shares which I was grateful for. After week one, before it was found out he was going to miss week two, I got people. I think one, I, I packaged a couple thirds with him for a second, and uh, the other one was just a third, but I was just happy to get anything for him at that point. So, yeah, uh, even even on contending teams, I was I was pushing some of those out, because most of those I wasn't depending on Julio to be a factor anyway. So, uh, so yeah, that's the other thing. And I, I tried moving to Cordaro after week one, but that one didn't work out as well. But that's what I've been doing when I have been sending offers mostly, is trying to see if I can sell guys that 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 have gotten a boost that I wasn't expecting so uh, but we'll move into our main topic uh, of the night which is you know everybody after week one and, and Scott even last week when he hosted solo kind of touched on a little bit everyone kind of does the reactions to overreactions to week one that kind of thing but I, I think it's kind of useful to to do it again or at least maybe not overreact but take a look at some guys after week two especially I like to look at the guys you For me, we're gonna get to them second actually. We're gonna go look at some of the the, the positive guys first. But what even means more to me is the guys who start off slow, and that that tends to worry me more than I get excited about the the guys who have two good games to start off the season. But when you get even even though it's still a very small sample, when you get that second data point, it's it makes things a little more interesting. Like we all knew OJ Howard wasn't gonna have a good game, too. But when you when you see a guy you were maybe weren't expecting to do as well, um and and I'll mention the first one we're gonna get into here, which is Aminra, like everybody. You know, at, he was a, pretty polarizing during the offseason. A lot of people thought it was just because Hawkinson and uh, Swift were out. Uh, some people just thought he was a talented guy. I was kind of in the middle. I, I wish I had taken a firmer stand on him, and, uh, but I hadn't. I, I just, I was kind of wait and see. I wish I maybe now had bought some Rab because I, I am fully bought in after two games. I He's just commanding targets. He's got 12 targets a game through through the first two games. He's looking exactly like the guy we saw last year. It's uh you know it's still fine for Swift. It's it's killing Hawk, I think, because Aminra is getting all the targets all over the field. So uh but but John, what do you what do you think what are your thoughts on Amon And what were your thoughts two weeks ago on Amonrah?
3: I was kinda with you. You know, I, I wasn't definitely wasn't out by any means. I mean you could no, tell yeah. the guy you could tell the guy had, you know, talent and, and everything. I I wasn't fully sold that the offense was going to click to the point of him being like a true stud and everything. And, you know, was he going to have an elite share with uh, everyone on the field? And so far, I mean, it's been amazing. So I think we're, we're learning that he's just that good. And, you know, it's, I don't know that it's going to continue at this rate. I mean, I'm big on touchdown rate, which as we get through all these players, you'll probably figure out because I'm going to talk about it, you know, quite a bit. And he has a 17%, like 17.6% touchdown rate right now. So like, it's probably going to come down a little bit. Like I, you know, I wouldn't expect him to continue at this rate, but it's not going to be that different. You know, like he's still, he's not at some like insane rate. Like some guys are sitting at like 50% right now because they just had a lucky week or, or whatever it is. And He's not there. Um, everything else looks good. You know, all the all the advanced metrics that I look at, uh, he's looking really good right now. I think he could take a little bit of a hit, like a very small hit when Jameson Williams uh, gets on the field and gets healthy because I really love Jameson Williams as, as a talent. But I think we've seen now that he's good enough to where I'm not worried about him. And I'm kind of with you. Like I, I took kind of a, a middle stance and that ended up with me not getting him anywhere. You know, so yeah. I, now I'm kind of mad. I'm like... You know, I probably should have gotten a couple because I wasn't out. You know, I, I, so I, I should have gotten a couple and then I would feel a lot better about myself right now.
1: <laughs> and yeah. And regarding the touchdowns though, even, I mean, even without the touchdowns, like, like I mentioned, he's getting that volume, like he's 17 for one eighty, which which is, is 35 points. 35 points still puts him at wide receiver. I'm, I'm looking at trade addict scoring. That's what I have up on my screen, but the wide receiver, 17, 35 points would be. So even if you take away the, the touchdowns he has so far, he, he's just producing. And Scott, I, I, I'm i going to ask you the same question. I asked John, cause I'm curious. I don't, I don't know if we ever talked about, you know, on this show about, about Amon Ra when, when I was on with you, uh, were you, were, were you kind of in the middle like me and John were, or were you buying them this off season? And, and, and what do you think he's worth now? Not what you would pay for him. What do you think he's worth in the market?
2: Yeah. I mean, he was one of those guys I liked enough coming out. And I had a handful of shares, but nothing crazy. I wasn't like all in on him. Um, but, you know, certainly wasn't like Darius Tony, where I was just like refusing to take him, even. <laughs> yes. You know, no matter what. Um, Which looks I, smart. <laughs> and yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. You know, until he gets straight to the Packers or something. Yeah. Right? And then that's he's, true. you know. But, um, we did the, uh I'm pretty sure you're in this league, the CKC um, chat oh, yes. league that we did, the startup. And frankly, I was shocked that he fell to, I drafted him at uh, the 811. And that includes rookie picks and Debbie picks. So, um, but just interestingly enough, the reason I bring it up is number one, because I wanted to add some shares of him and I'm glad I did because this is one of them but the next player taken the next receiver taken was Darnell Mooney. Okay. Mm -hmm, And then a couple other players, (laughs) Chase Claypool, Deandre Hopkins, uh, Kadarius Tony, like those were like three of the next five or six receivers taken there over the next round or two. And it's just, it's mind blowing to think this was just a couple months ago, right? Well, I mean, it was probably in like february or something march but um <laughs> but i mean just to think about how much it's changed in two games right but nothing's changed we just saw him do it at the end of last year That's so crazy I, just, <laughs> I figured like he was gonna go way higher like it doesn't make any sense so i was thrilled that he was there yeah um none of us I was believed
1: like, he would keep doing it though <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, not to that extent. Yeah, it's right. If, if that's what believe... that's what's crazy is he has done it to that extent that he's wide receiver four right now, which is basically about what he was doing the last six games of the
2: season. If you believe targets are earned, then you should have been in on him because yeah. nothing has really changed. Like Jameson Williams isn't on the field. Yes, they drafted him, but he hasn't played. And like, okay, Swift is healthy for now but hawkinson basically hasn't done anything unfortunately for us rocky um but that's no different than at the end of last year when he wasn't there because he didn't do anything then either obviously um so i mean at this point he's still the guy like we saw dj shark have a decent game week one and then disappeared week two literally put up a zero um so i mean again he's earning the targets he's getting open he's getting the ball like we know what jared goff is and sometimes it's those quarterbacks that are like just good enough but not rate that they're going to hone in on the guys that are open right Mm -hmm. like Derek Carr he's he's going to always find you know Devontae Adams or Hunter Renfro you know whoever it is it's not going to be Brian Edwards because he doesn't trust Brian Edwards to go up and get the ball right and so that's why they trade him um you know whereas you have an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes who can spread it around to eight nine different receivers you know, that just it, can sometimes it's the advantage to. of having yeah. a Jared Goff, right? <laughs> Is let's find the guy who's open. Yeah. Well, that's Aminra. So, um, yeah, thrilled about that for my shares for sure. And I think, you know, at this point, I mean, I think they talked about, pretty sure it was on the DTC podcast. And I, I can't remember if they said, um, what his value was in the calculator. I think was like, uh, you know, a, random 23 first something like that I don't but think i think it should be for a
1: single 23 first yeah point.
2: no i mean i think it i think it should be more because i certainly wouldn't trade him for a random 23 no, first either. Point, I, I which is have... crazy but yeah, it's true
1: i do have a few shares that i already had um mostly from drafting him as a as a rookie uh and uh i would not sell any of them for a 23 first no no. Uh, i mean maybe if i i felt really certain it was like the 101 or 102 <laughs> or 103 maybe but but that's hard to tell at this point so yeah, uh, yeah one other thing on i just that. yeah i just wanted to mention to you but i think you both mentioned in talking about jameson williams this actually has me more worried for williams than it does for when williams comes back they play different roles but that's I, to me when i i love jamison williams coming up because i thought he could be more than just that speed guy that that's going to go deep and now i'm worried he is just going to be that speed guy that goes deep because <laughs> they have amenra and and they also have you know have hawk to play over the middle and things like that so i, I is it i like i said i'm fully bought in i i'm more worried about jamison williams coming back for jamison williams than i am for than i am for hurting amenra so but we'll see how it goes uh one of the a couple of the other ones on here I had to put because you know I'm, i I got to take a little early week two victory lap. So uh, <laughs> one of my guys that I've I've loved all off season and it's not because I'm am a homer. Uh, it's just I saw I, I I saw a very nice range of outcomes for him. It's Jalen Hurts. Uh, if, if he could make a, a, a jump in that in that passing game, he he's he, his QB one in his range of outcomes. And right now he's QB four, I believe. He's got the completion percentage up to almost 70%, which I think people would have thought was crazy. And it still, probably won't stay there. But, it, you know, through two games, it's at 70%. A lot of that's influenced by game two. But he was very good in game one. He started off with, like, five consecutive incompletions, not all of which were his fault. And then uh it was, like, 66% the rest of that game. So – and he's just looking really good. If you watch that Monday night game, man, he was making throws I had never seen him make. He, he just – he was – he was seeing the field better. He was there was an incompletion to Goddard. That was maybe one of the best passes he's thrown where he he read the linebackers. He got it over top of him, put it only yeah. where Goddard could catch yeah. it and, and then Goddard didn't catch it. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a great throw. And that's what he was doing all game. Uh, obviously, he still got the rushing upside. Um, he's averaging seventy three through the uh, per game ninety, I think, in one and fifty something in the other. And uh, he's only got he's got four total TDs, but that was kind of that's a little fluky too because they had three rushing touchdowns on after pass plays that ended inside the five, basically uh, in that game yeah. in that first game. So again, I just I'm very happy as an Eagles fan about what I'm seeing because from a real life perspective, he's looking great, but fantasy wise, I just think. He, I've drafted him in the first round in SFB because it, that's what I was thinking. If he can figure it out in the passing game, he 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 has the potential to be like a Lamar Break fantasy type of guy, and I'm hoping we're seeing the beginning of that. But Scott, I, I think you've been a you've been a little bit of a detractor of Hertz. So so where are you at on is this? Is just
2: it's only two games, or are you buying in? So here, no, I I'm buying in. So here's the thing: is where. I acquired most of my hurt shares was as a rookie and it was, you know, second, third round rookie pick. Mm -hmm. And so at that point I was willing to take the profit, right? I, I was willing to, to sell and, and, you know, do something else with my roster. Um, but there's, there's certain times where I decided to hold. And one of them is a league we're in together where, I really sh- need I really should trade a quarterback or maybe two quarterbacks because yeah, I've bunch been trying to
1: get him off of you. I've and, signed him off you all summer and you would and there well,
2: make- And <laughs> I really I really if that if you offered me what you offered me because it was swift and something else. If you had offered me that like a few months ago before I already sold like five or six hurt shares, I would have accepted. The only thing is in that league, I have Josh Allen right? So he's like my anchor. So now I look at that roster and I go, I have the best quarterback in the game. So if Hertz now hits that potential, now I've got basically two top guys, right? Maybe two top three, two top five,
1: Possibly, two yeah. top
2: two guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's killer. And so I just said, in this case, I'm willing to roll with him because like, if he doesn't make it, you know, I still have Josh Allen. Right. So like the risk is, is worth it. Um, and so those are the type of rosters where I kept my hurt shares, but yeah, what I've seen from him is him taking a, another step. And, and, um, I think that this whole, the crazy thing to me is just a couple years ago, we were like, Oh, wide receivers, changing teams. We don't want anything to do with them. And then now we just see them all smashing like ever, like even last year too, uh, even the last couple years, you know, we're starting to see that just become more the norm, like, because these guys are finally getting through that like i know this guy i have a relationship with this guy we're gonna work together off the field like that's really important right especially aj brown has hurt with all friend. these rules and all <laughs> the things that you know they have to put in that extra time right if they want to be great and and you're seeing that and yeah the hurts aj brown thing right off the bat was awesome and then you saw smith get involved week two so he's got the supporting cast and knowing that offensive line is great All those things, um, it you know, at some point you stem the tide and you say, Okay, I'm I'm gonna hold on a few shares and let's see what happens. And yeah, I'm I'm very glad that I did. Uh he's for real i i agree so john anything on Hertz, and then we'll we'll also i'll also let
1: you go right into you know say whatever you feel you know because me and scott rambled for like you know three hours <laughs> there on, on hurts um so any any other thoughts on Hertz, and then we can go to his uh former uh you know the guy that he was his former teammate carson wentz who's also started off ridiculously hot and uh, let us know what you think of that start i think a lot of us probably think that's fluky but but maybe you can tell us why
3: yeah, honestly, it's kind of a similar situation, but like different types of players. But, you know, it's once, like I said before, it's the touchdown rate for me. Now, with uh, Jalen Hurts, he's on pace through two games for 25 and a half rushing touchdowns. Um, just to put it in perspective, he had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. And he, he scored a rushing touchdown in five games last year out of 16. So he's already scored in two games this year. That doesn't mean, like, next game he's due, you know, for regression or whatever. But over the course of the season, we're not going to expect him to score 25 or 26 rushing touchdowns. So, you know, I think that the ceiling's going to come down a little bit from what we've seen in the first couple of weeks. And you know, I don't, I don't truly believe that he's a seventy percent completion kind of passer right no, now. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, so I think that he's, he's I kind do of think playing he's ad- a better,
1: more accurate passer than people think he is, though.
3: I think he has AJ Brown now. Uh, you know, he has AJ. I think he has AJ Brown and and he has Devontae Smith in his second year. That's going to be a step forward, regardless of anything else. I don't know that he's actually gotten better as a player. I mean, from what you watch him a lot closer than That's I do. What I'm saying. I, so I, like I mean,
1: mentioned that Goddard pass. Even like he threw a, a ball to Devontae over the middle where the placement was perfect and he picked up ten more yards. He, I just I, we'll see if it bears out over a full season. But I do think he's more accurate.
3: I will say, like, his intended air yards are a little low. Not, like, insanely low or anything like that. But, you know, that just could be the style of the offense where, like, they they get it to their playmakers and then they let the playmakers do their thing. Um, I I think he's going to be a top-12 QB no matter what, and you know, assuming health. But, uh, you know, I don't know that he's going to be the QB1 or anything, but that's probably not what you're, you know, saying that he's going to end up as. So, I'm I'm in. um, I don't know that I'm in for, like, the long term or anything like that. I don't know that he's... That he's the guy that's going to get the Eagles to, you know, to all the way. All that, be but... the one.
1: They're going to give him a contract. The, just the way. Again, if he keeps playing the way. Not that's not seventy percent, but just the way he's looked passing the eye test these first two games. These Russian QBs,
3: that. these Russian QBs always seem to find a way to just fall off at like the the worst possible time, <laughs> and like they're great for fantasy purposes, but for NFL purposes they're not. And so like I always just worry. I mean, we see the Ravens in a weird situation with the guy that doesn't have a you know a, um, an agent or anything, not giving him a contract, and you know people are like, well, it's Lamar Jackson though, you know. So like I just. I, I well, really they tried. want the contract. They did yeah, try. They, did it. they absolutely didn't.
1: He take it. Uh,
3: but like, you <laughs> know, I was getting a little worried about Kyler, you know, when he was, you know, making the demands and stuff. And then he got the contract and I felt a lot better about him. But getting into Wentz, you know, it's kind of the same thing, but without the rushing aspect, like he has right. an 8% touchdown rate, uh, passing touchdown rate right now. And just to put that into perspective, Tom Brady's career average is five and a half percent. Um Tom Brady's uh, surpassed seven percent for a touchdown rate twice in his twenty-two year career. So, you know, I, I think we can all agree that Carson Wentz is not going to continue at this rate. And Carson Wentz's um, career average is, if I can find it, four point seven percent. So, if we use that four point seven percent average, he would be expected to have four touchdowns right now instead of seven. That's a pretty big difference, you know. So, I I think that. I sell 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 right now uh, if you have carson Wentz, I, obviously you uh you just uh, you just bought him in that yeah. that deal I, but i
1: acknowledge that i i fully expect this is going to be like i uh, get him for this year i, I he's not going to you know throw what seven touchdowns works out to like 56 over the year i think <laughs> right <laughs> so uh over you know times eight so i i don't expect that but i i do think and i've been saying this all off season two that that every Wentz is sneaky good for fantasy he 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 tends to put up decent numbers he people hate him because in real life he tends to do stupid ass things and he looks horrible at times but like last year he went 27 and 7 touchdowns and interceptions um which is not too bad uh it's just he blew that game against jacksonville and that's what everyone remembers so I agree. He's not going to be this. He was he's like QB three. I think I put on the sheet uh, as of right now, um, again, going by trade. All, all my positional ranks are by trade scoring because I was lazy and just pulled up my trade. X because that was the easiest thing to do. So uh, but yeah, I, I don't expect that. But I do think I mean, last year he finished as a high end to uh, depending on your scoring, could have even been QB 12. I could see that um, as long as he doesn't throw too many picks and get himself benched, which he has a tendency to do. Um, but I, I think they're going to, you know, they're everyone keeps saying how's going to come in beyond, you know, if, if when, you know, cause he just has Wentz in front of him. A Wentz is better than you think he is. Uh, and B Heineke, yes, mm-hmm. until they're mathematically eliminated, Heineke's coming in after, after Wentz, if, if he's that bad. Uh, and how for all you people, you know, holding on to hope, Hal has no chance, what, what, How many fifth round QBs have ever been anything in the league ever? Like, (laughs) after, you know, we know Tom Brady, Mr. Sixth round, uh, who was a a sixth, right? End of the sixth round uh, when he was picked. Uh, I, I literally cannot think of anybody that low off the top, you know, off the top of my head right now. You know, I can think of some, you know, Kirk Cousins in the third or fourth, a few other guys here and there, Russell Wilson, but fifth rounders are nothing. They have no investment. I, I didn't mean to get off on a, a Sam Howell sidetrack <laughs> here, but I just, that's bugged me all, all off season too. is like the people that, that I don't know. John's probably a big Sam Howell guy, but uh, the people I, I that mean, are I, I'm about, with you. Yeah, about the
3: yeah. I'm with you about the draft capital and everything. Um, I, I will say I I've done some work uh, on um, what I call interception regression or interception like expectations. And so I, uh, per my studies and everything uh, he Carson Wentz is expected to have one more interception than he has right now so not a huge difference or anything like that but you were saying you know he might get benched if he throws you know too many yeah. interceptions he's two games four interceptions expected it's you know it's not a great look I I the thing is you know I think he's he's the kind of guy that's better for fantasy than he is for real life and the the question is are, is Washington going to be at some point just be like, why don't we go to the rookie because he's so bad for, you know, for our actual team. And we're, you know, we've lost seven straight or whatever it is, you know, it's not always because, Oh, he's just, Killing our team. But I mean, if they if they end up having a losing record and they're out of the playoffs, why not look at the rookie? You know, like right, that kind of thing. Right. They don't have some like massive I, investment into Carson or anything like that. So and, I'm not saying that like Sam Howell's going to take his job because he's that much better. I'm just saying like it, it's definitely not impossible that he does get on the field at some point.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, and i especially like you said, if they lose like seven in a row, I, I can agree with that. If we're talking about like a two and eight team. But I think if they're like three and five, five and seven, and they're holding on to playoff hopes. I don't think they're they're benching. Even if they bench Carson, I think it's Heineke that they try and make the playoffs with before they, they go to house. It's kind of it my be. thinking. I mean, not that yeah. they're going to make the playoffs. They're not that good of a team, but they'll probably, <laughs> you know, they're not going to admit that until they actually can make the playoffs. Uh, he had but...
2: uh, his, his Pro Bowl year, um, his second year with Philly, he had a 7.5% touchdown rate, so... Um, You know, he has done that before. And so, you know, even if he has an outlier year like that, um, you know, it's possible. And like, how how good does Matt Ryan do in in Indy? I mean, and down in Jacksonville, I should say. I mean, Indy hasn't won in Jacksonville in like 18 years. (laughs) Speaking of Jacksonville, you're talking about fifth round picks that ever did anything. Mark Brunel was a fifth round pick, but that's only because he was a lefty. Otherwise he would have been a fourth round pick. Let's be honest. <laughs>
1: okay. There's, there's one example there, uh, but from like 25 years ago uh, or <laughs> whatever least. it was, at least. Yes. Might've been the earlier nineties. I'm not sure. But uh, speaking of Jacksonville, my boy. Yeah. J Rob out, out snapping ETN out producing ETN. I love to see it. I've been talking about this all the time. I've talked about it on trade addicts multiple times already. So I'll let you guys chime in. But I just, I will say before I I let you guys chime in, I just, it's exactly, I did not think it would happen this quickly because of the Achilles, but it's what I said before last season that jay everyone left J. rob for dead once they drafted etn like his value went to nothing and they acted like and this offseason season too as which it made more sense because of the achilles but they acted like etn's gonna be an rb1 i can just from a pure talent standpoint i didn't see him as an rb1 and i i always knew that if J. rob was healthy he was going to be good enough to eat into ETN's work, which is going to keep him from being an RB one. So that's where I was kind of at with them, but I'm just so happy to see him doing well. He, he, he had the first game was more 50 50. I believe the snap share, which makes much sense because they were winning, but it was, was well more in, in James Ramos's favor this past week. Uh, and, I just don't think we're ever going to see it at a TN. And I think J-Rob is going to keep it. It's amazing. Like, everyone thought Cam Akers was going to be the Achilles recovery poster child. And it turns out it's James Robinson. So, so John, just heap praise on James Robinson for me.
3: Well, I, I, w- <laughs> I was out because of the Achilles. And, you know, and it's just because we haven't seen it. And, uh, you know, I was fine just – being out for the injury and and I'm fine also being wrong. I mean, he looks healthy. He looks great. Honestly, I just,
1: I'm just going to say, I wasn't totally in, I was more just, he's going to take away from ETM than I was in because of the Achilles.
3: Right. And it just, I had too many question marks were, and it's not like we're sitting here going, Oh my God, that offense, I have to get a piece of that offense. So I just wasn't like falling over myself to go get James Robinson. Um, I traded him away in a deal where I, uh, I traded him and, uh, Rashad Bateman for Stefan Diggs. You know, and I'm still nice. pretty pretty damn happy about that trade yep. right now. You know, it yep. doesn't really bother me. Um I have talked way too much about touchdown rate on all these players so far, so I'm not <laughs> going to talk about his 8.1% touchdown rate. I'm only going to talk about the fact... you didn't bring that up. <laughs> Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, I'm o- I'm only going to talk about uh, the fact that he's <laughs> averaging two receptions per game for like I think 6 yards or something like that. And so, you know, I think that it's just a little risky if you're really, like, hoping or, you know, banking on him. Uh, I feel like he's going to be more of, like, a fill-in, injury fill-in, bi-week fill-in, like, that kind of thing than an actual, like, league winner for you or anything. But, honestly, the the way that I felt two weeks ago was that he was going to be nothing. So, the exactly. fact that I even think that, like, I'm, I'm still – I'm still taking the L on James Robinson. I'm just, uh I don't know that he's going to continue at this pace, if you will. <laughs> I agree.
1: He's, he's RB six and I don't think he's going to be a top six running back the rest of the year. I will say too, though, he may not have a lot of catches, but he actually did run more routes than, uh than ETN last game too. I think it was 16 oh. to 14. So that, I thought that was interesting as well. I mean, like I said, the game script favored him running the ball more, but I, uh, uh, Again, uh, route running, I think he, he was two ahead, so that, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, last guy on the positive list, and I'm going to kind of morph right into the, uh, the the negative list, too, because we have uh, two guys on the same team. Uh, I, I put this guy on here. He hasn't totally busted out. I'm not going to – I didn't even put down his position, like – wide receiver or whatever number he is because I, I it's that's not what's impressive to me it's just the, what he's done as a rookie and I, i'm already willing to take the l on this guy if you're listening to junkies this offseason i was i was down ish on drake london uh but he, he's impressed me like five for 74 886 and ones first two games uh 19 targets commanding 19 targets when we're seeing our guy on the first uh, negative part of the list. How worried are we about these guys? Kyle Pitts only, only 10 targets and four catches through two games. So uh, I, I just, I just wanted to acknowledge that I am, I am willing to take the, the, the early L on, on Drake London, but Scott, uh, were you in on Drake London?
2: He was my guy. Okay. My
1: number one receiver. And yeah. How do you see this London, like London Pitts thing? Like, it, are you worried about pits? Cause that's what I kind of, for the the guys who have started off slow and said, I titled them on the shishi. How worried are we? Are you worried about pits? And does, is is part of that because of London, if you are, um, for at least twenty twenty, not from a dynasty perspective, obviously not, but for 2022 or yeah, 2022.
2: I mean, I think anytime you have a bad team and a bad quarterback and, um, a coach without a track record. I mean, I, I think you have to be, um, the fact that he's been like inline blocking on like 12% of his snaps or whatever the number is, like, that's just, that's just silly. Mm
0: -hmm. Like,
2: you know, you don't tow a boat with a Ferrari, you know, like there's, it just doesn't make any sense. Like I understand it. You know, I guess he's still technically a tight end. So I guess sometimes you have to put him in line. Um, But like Cooper cup has lined up more than a tight end than Kyle Pitts in 2021. So, Uh, you know, why are they reverting? I guess, you know, why they're, they're essentially going away from that so far this year. And I think part of it is because Drake London, like they have very similar skill sets. Um, I think Pitts is probably the better athlete overall, but, uh, I mean, London's a big guy, throw it up, you go get it. Right. And I mean, that's kind of the same thing you have with Pitts. So, you know, maybe he's taking away from that a little bit. I don't know that it's a direct correlation. Um, I would think having London with the game he had last week is good for Pitts now, right? Because now defenses are going to have to say, okay, this guy's legit. We're going to have to cover him. We're going to have to double him. We're going to bracket him, whatever they have to do. And that should open things up for Pitts. So, uh, I'm not going to really freak out after two weeks, but I will say, I don't, you know, Arthur Smith doesn't have a great track record with tight ends. Like who did Tennessee have like Johnny Smith? The guy had like 12 catches a year. He just happened to take a couple like 80 yards for a touchdown. You know, that was the only reason like people knew who he was, but he wasn't heavily utilized. So, you know, yes, you're supposed to adjust to your personnel and all that. But tell me in Tennessee who they had outside of A.J. Brown the last like three or four years when when uh, Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator there. Um, Anthony Ferster. Just did not have a lot of talent. (laughs) So why aren't you using your best guy? You know, if Johnny was so talented, why didn't they use him? You know, so I I don't know if it has to do with that. But these are just all the things that all the different variables I'm looking at. So, no, I'm I'm not super worried about it. I'm not going to like panic trade him. Like, I just saw him get traded essentially for like, I think it was CMC and Kelsey and there he it was pits and like zach wilson and like a few random pieces of crap for um for cmc and kelsey and i was like gee i mean that's like all in for one year isn't it i mean that's you know maybe two um you know i'm not ready to do that with with my pits shares but you know i guess i don't know listen if he's attainable now I guess it's a buying window. I would say, I mean, I'm not selling him. So I I guess if the option is hold, okay, I'll take that, but I'd rather buy than sell. I suppose. I'm with you, but John, what do you think on the two Atlanta guys?
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely not selling. If I have them, I honestly don't have them anywhere because people are just wild with their prices, you know, in the off season. And I don't think that anyone's going to sell them because they paid like 18 first for them. So like, how could they possibly sell them right now? Um, But I don't think it's all doom doom and gloom either. Like, they've actually uh, ran the same amount of of routes, run the same amount of routes. Um, Or, or like, uh, Pitts has run one less route than uh, London has. So, like, it's not like he's sitting there blocking, you know. uh, I think Scott has said that there was a 12% in-line rate and all that. So, I don't know. That, you know, it might not be like he might not be utilized the proper way just yet, but he's still running routes. Um, he's still being targeted uh, and he's still getting, you know, air yards. He has a 24.4% air yard market share, which is not terrible by any means. It's not a lead or anything. Drake London has a 37.6%. So, you know, obviously you see that London is just is, you know, commanding targets, commanding air yards like that kind of thing from the little bit of of those games cuz I'm not this big Falcons fan or anything but I have watched a lot of you know I've, it cuts in on uh on uh damn it w- w- red, red zone. zone yeah yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what it cuts yeah it cuts in on red zone and it seems like every time I see Kyle Pitts doing anything he's double teamed um, and, you know, that's not an excuse for everything, but that's just something that I picked up on in the little bit that I've watched. Um, I haven't done any, any actual like film analysis or anything like that, but, you know, I, it's definitely not all doom and gloom. And I heard a very smart person, Dwayne McFarland, today talking about any tight end that gets over an 80% tar- uh, route participation rate is essentially going to be a, a top 12 tight end. Uh, obviously, people had much higher expectations than just top 12. But I think things are going to kind of regress back to like the mean at the very least, to where he's a decent play and not getting you three points a week. Um, as far as London, man, like he a rookie doing the things that he's doing is great. Uh I was I was always high on him. I he was my wide receiver three in the class. I loved uh Garrett I had Garrett Wilson over him and uh, Traylon Burks as well it seems like all of them are going to be hits. We don't even have to figure out, like if we don't have to sit here and argue about who was right or wrong or whatever, yeah. <laughs> they're all going to be good. Um, but Drake London having a 0.76 Whopper, which is weight op- weighted opportunity, excuse me, weighted opportunity rate, uh, which basically looks at target share and air yards, market share in the offense. And, a 0.76 is like elite that's like Devonte Adams level that's Justin Jefferson levels like it's only two games I don't think he's gonna finish the season there or anything like that but that just seeing that already is great and, and, and so I think that good things are coming for Jake London but I do think that Kyle Pitts is going to be involved at some point and now that he has that and he's done big things Maybe that double teaming is gonna switch over to drink to London, London, and yeah. and now it's gonna switch. You know, Pitts is gonna be open, so well, we'll see what happens though.
1: But yeah, and that that's what's impressed me. Like that's why I'm saying I and I I didn't hate London, but I was definitely fairly critical. I was I was in on the whole separation narrative with London, and I. I I'm turned around so quickly just because you don't, you don't see rookie start off like this. Even like Justin Jefferson didn't start off like this. Like Jalen Waddle didn't start off like this right from the, right from the get-go coming into the league. Uh, it, it, even, like I said, even Justin Jefferson it took him like a month before he started really taking off and to see him, like I said, he hasn't gone crazy like some like eight for one sixty and three touchdowns, but just the, 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 the two very good games he's had to start off his career just impressed me enough that I'm, I, like I said, I had him, I think as wide receiver my wide receiver five or six, but uh, I would have him up there. I'd probably have him as my wide receiver two right now. I had Wilson also as my one coming out, and if I were to draft them now, I, I would go Wilson one and I think one and two. But uh, we'll get into a couple quarterbacks. We got a couple more names on here. Uh, I want to try and get this uh, wrapped up so we can get into our find me trade because we're going to go. It's already looking like we're going to go our standard 90 minutes, Scott. So, uh, <laughs> so I uh, uh,
2: thing there's not a game on or anything.
1: No. Yeah. We're not, we don't have to worry about that. Um, <laughs> but two quarterbacks that has gotten off. Tom Brady is QB 30. At least this is in trade addict scoring. It might be vary a little bit, but he's pretty damn low when you're scoring too. So QB 30 got in two games he's got uh, uh, a little over 400 yards and only two touchdowns that's two two games so uh, <laughs> uh, and the other guy was to I wanted to, I'm just going to lump them together so we can kind of get through this a little quicker Russell Wilson been very disappointing not as low as Brady in terms of fantasy production he's QB 19 um, but he had the because he was okay against the Seahawks kind of putrid against the Texans 14 for 31 two nineteen, and a touchdown uh, what the hell is going on with these two guys John
3: well as far as Russ I, I give any QB the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a new offense like learning a new offense and, and implementing that and everything so I'm definitely not like f- frantic or losing my mind about it if anything I might actually be buying Russ because uh, I bet you could probably get him you know fairly low right now and I do I mean the dude's gonna be I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but I mean, he's a very good QB. He's close, and, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's very close. So, I I think even last year, you know, if you take – I don't want to take away the injury games or anything like that, but, like, he wasn't quite right when he came back. No. But people were talking – like, people act like he was just nothing when he came back. Like, he was putting up, like, 20 to 30 points a game there at the end of the season. And so, you know, like, there was a couple of games when he first came back where he was closer to, like, 15, 20, whatever, but – I think things are going to click. Obviously Jerry Judy getting hurt didn't help, but it doesn't seem like it's a long-term like serious thing. So hopefully he can get back and uh, he he's already building that connection with Cortland Sutton. It seems uh, if they can get on the same page with Albert O and everything, or even just getting like Javante or Melvin more involved in the passing game. And you know, I, I do think that like Russ is going to be just fine. As far as Brady, I've been concerned about Brady's ever since uh, like the end of last year, we saw the offensive linemen start getting hurt and Brady has always had, or maybe not always, but like at least in the past eight years, decade, whatever, like he's had a great offensive line. I think 99% of the reason why he came to Tampa Bay is he saw that offensive line and what it was. And he knew that, you know, Brady's smart enough and good enough to, if he has three seconds, he can get the ball to where it needs to go. The problem is he doesn't have three seconds anymore. And I really do, like, I'm, I'm concerned about Brady. I've been concerned, especially when they, you know, lost even more players uh, this offseason in, in training camp. I do think it can be good for, like, uh, Leonard Fournette and possibly even Rashad White to where it's just a bunch of dump-offs, which we know that Brady loves to do. It could be even more dump-offs than we're used to because he's just, he doesn't want to get hit. You know, he's freaking 45 years old. Yeah. and. And so, like, he hikes, he sees anyone in his face, and he just dumps it off to Fournette. I really think that we might see a little transition, and which could help him because, obviously, you know, if, if those guys break it, he's not going to end up as the QB30. But, man, if you're expecting QB10 or something like that, you might be in for a world, world of hurt right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, which I, I kind of was. I have way too much Brady uh, shares on my teams. But uh, I, I, I do the one thing that worries me, not about Brady, although – He, I guess the line's going to be an issue all year. I do think he's going to be helped a little. He's been missing his weapons for these first two games too. You know, he he lost Evans for part of last game. Godwin's been mostly gone. Julio didn't play in week two. So he when he gets some of these guys back, I think that'll help him too. But Russ, one of the things that worries me a little too is I wonder how much of it is coaching because, you know, it if you watch that first game, Nathaniel Hackett's not the, doesn't seem to be the, the best coach out there. That was <laughs> and not, I, and uh, I don't think from a game planning perspective, he's that great either. In addition to his decision-making at the end of games. So, and that could be, you know, that's not a problem that's easily solved if, if coaching is a part of Russ's, uh, a down, down production here. Some of it's definitely on him. You don't go 14 for 31 because of coaching, but, uh, I am a little worried about that from from, from the Russ perspective, but I I think it will improve for both of them. But like you said, I don't know that I don't know that either of them is definitely going to be a QB one this year, which is, uh, I would have thought, especially Russ. I was, I was so hyped for Russ coming in this year with, with Sutton and and Judy and Javante and Gordon. and We thought Patrick and Alberto, and and it's, it's not looking like that's going to happen the way we thought, but we'll finish up here. Uh, If you want to chime in on any of the quarterbacks, you can Scott, but, I had to finish up here with, you know, I just put on the sheet anything associated with the Bears. (laughs) Uh, Justin Fields has 28 attempts in two games. That's like a half for Joe Flacco at this point, Um, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Mooney has two catches for four yards and his wide receiver 127. (laughs) And Cole Komet has two consecutive bagels and has not caught a ball this year.
0: Is
2: Is this where I say I told you so? (laughs) What have I been saying for two years? If I know anything, it's my own fucking team, okay? If I know anything (laughs) at all about football, about fantasy, about dynasty, about anything, it's my own team. They're terrible. I've told you this. I've said this over and over and over and over again. And you guys went, oh, Justin Fields, he's so good. (laughs) Oh, my God. Have you seen him throw to, you know, Garrett Wilson? and? you know 58 other first round wide receivers yeah you know who he's throwing to now 4 foot 7 inch mooney okay and ha- you know half of his time played so far was in literally a monsoon ben a typhoon these numbers, like what do you even call that like they didn't I get mean, much better in week 2 listen I've been trying to tell you so I don't I don't know what else I don't know what else I can say I have been trying to tell you um, I have will, sold Will all Cole commit catch Mooney a ball shares. this year Scott? Like,
1: hmm? <laughs> Will Cole Komet catch a touch, uh, ball this year uh, uh, after, 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 after. Well I sure
2: hope so He's the only <laughs> one I really have uh, I mean I'm rooting for him because he He grew up like 20 minutes away from me And like he's a good kid and definitely Rooting for him but like At the end of the day like uh, I you know we said this from the beginning right how is Getzy any different than than Hackett? we were just talking about they just came from the same staff the same system all sure. that this guy's never he's never called play never even been an oc and now all of a sudden he has complete control of the offense like what like who are you dude i didn't even know who you were 6 months ago like um <laughs> I, I almost wonder you have no been line it's you you no line. That you have they no don't want to help
1: us you I like I'm almost wondering, are they trying to intentionally sabotage him so they can move on after this year? Because that's how ridiculous it is. Like you do not win in this league anymore. By and I get that the monsoon affected the the first game, but they yeah. threw more passes in the first game than they did in the second game. <laughs> it was 17 in the monsoon and 11 in week two. Like what the hell are they doing here? In a game um, they yeah. were trailing most of the time. Doesn't matter. and and moon like the mooney thing is crazy because i heard so many people oh he's he's gonna be a top 15 18 guy this year (laughs) and i
2: laughed at every one of them i thought that was crazy
1: too i thought he's a white low end two high end three type of guy um but (gasps) volume (laughs) that's i I wanted to mention that too because that's the fallacy of you know they gotta throw to somebody like when you're bad. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get possessions. Yeah, depending on the pace of the offense, you often don't get enough plays. It it, it doesn't matter if they have to throw to somebody. Um, but any thoughts on how horrible the Bears are before we move on to find me a trade, John? Uh,
3: the Bears are terrible. Uh, <laughs> that's 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 all there needs to be said. I I honestly like I, I am a Justin Fields fan. I I had hope in the offseason. I you know I, I was very excited at, at like the NFL draft that they were going to go get someone and then they got valus jones and yeah. uh, and they, they did nothing for the o-line like it's just it, it's it blows my mind it might actually be the best thing for justin fields if they are trying to sabotage him because then he can go somewhere else and and, and you <laughs> know actually be good and on a good team because it seems like it's going to take a very long time for them to build that being said I think he can still be decent for fantasy. The problem is going to be his consistency. You know, is he going to be consistent? Cuz we saw last year on a terrible team with terrible coaching, he still put up QB1 numbers every once in a while. I think he can do it. The question is are you ever going to be like, you know, are you going to be able to actually start him on those weeks? Are you going to know when those weeks and, happen?
1: And they have to let him throw somewhere outside of the teens in terms of attempts. right well yeah yeah if
3: if he's if he's throwing 12 attempts a game then you know you don't even have to worry about it but uh you know i think we'll we actually have uh you know in the find me a trade we can we can talk about fields some more
1: (laughs) okay so we will move on now to find me a trade find me a trade okay so uh scott you want to go through uh you know tell tell us who submitted and go through the settings i have the league up i'll get it shared on the screen here and then i'll do the roster okay.
2: yep all right so this league was submitted by bobby bragg at brag bobby on twitter thank you for the submission bobby this league is run on mfl it is a 10 team so it's a 10 team one quarterback um non-ppr okay so this is standard scoring so not only is it not super flex it's not tight end premium it's not yeah this was a crazy one (laughs) um it's we went back to
1: like 1990 for this one
2: (laughs) right 30 man rosters which is great you know that's a 300 player pool i can i can work with that but it's start eight so you're talking 10 teams start eight that's 80 starters across the league i mean most of my leagues start you know, the, the shallow ones are like 120 and I have some that are like 156, um, you know, 14 team 11 start 11 is, is uh, 156. I mean, that's literally double what we have here. So, um, you know, listen, we always say, you know, play, play what you enjoy. Like this is a game, have fun like that. We are all about that. Right. Um, I know for me personally, it's, it's tough to, It's tough to increase luck, you know, like, you know, there's, there's only so much you can do. And so we're, we're going to hopefully give you a few ideas here, Bobby, but, uh, um, let's, let me just say what, uh, his info is here and then you could do the team Rocky. So he says, this is my second year in the league. I took over an orphan. Um, he knows one other manager in real life. So obviously it's a, you know, not a lot of people that he knows, um i was able to make a few moves and make the playoffs in my first season and he did get a third place finish uh hopefully you got a payout there maybe you got your money back at least get a free year um in my opinion i have a competing team i want to get to the finish line all future picks are available um looks like he moved quarterbacked up last year hurts and rogers um, which you know, in my opinion, is a great move. Anytime you can move the quarterbacks in a one quarterback league is uh is a great thing, but then again, it's non ppr right? So so those those quarterbacks can uh be important, especially with the shallow um, right. starters. Go ahead, Rocky. Okay,
1: sorry, I wasn't sure I thought there was a little more there. Um my bad. Okay, so his roster, I will bring it up here now. Um, he has Justin Fields, who we mentioned earlier, is one of his quarterbacks. Uh, his QB1 is probably Matthew Stafford. He also has Marcus Mariota. Uh, at running back, he does have uh, some contending type pieces. Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Kareem Hunt. Also has uh, DeAndre Swift and then a handful of backups. Uh, at wide receiver, he's got CeeDee Lamb. He's got Cooper Cup. Uh, he's got Mike Williams, Devontae Smith. A couple rookies in uh, George Pickens and Traylon Burks. Also has Michael Gallup. Uh, And that's probably it as far as fantasy-relevant guys. Isaiah McKenzie on there, too. And then at tight end, he has Kyle Pitts, who we also talked about earlier. Noah Fant and Zach Ertz uh also as calvin austin the third on his injured reserve at the bottom here so uh that's the roster um as as scott uh you know alluded to we kind of had a a bit of a tough time on this one uh the settings are kind of so unusual for all three of us so you know i can't remember the last time i played in a standard league i think it was in the early 2000s so um it was it was interesting but uh John, John, do you want to you want to go first? Tell us what you came up with.
3: Sure. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I would trade this league for a twelve-team superflex uh, <laughs> league. That's the trade league. we're finding for you. <laughs> yeah. um, Bring
2: the roster with you, though. You guys, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw this roster and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing! All right, this yeah. is going to be fun." And then, and then I did, and then, read, and then I read the settings. But...
3: <laughs> no, uh, all kidding aside, though, I mean, you do have some nice pieces. I don't know. You're not not competing, Uh, you know, like it's, I don't know that I'm, I'm not, I'm not like crowning you King right now or anything like that either. So I feel like you are kind of in the middle, which is fine, except for it's a 10 team, you know, standard league, one QB league. So being in the middle is not where I want to be in that type of league. Um, Unfortunately, you traded away Jalen Hurts, and that kind of hurts. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, uh, right yeah. now, like I think if you had Jalen Hurts, you'd probably be feeling a lot better about your team. Now I don't know what that trade you know got you back, so you know maybe it got you pits or whatever, and who knows? I have no idea. But uh, honestly, I don't even know exactly how to value a QB in a one QB league anymore, just because it's been so long since I've been in a yeah. one QB league. And I'm not trying to talk down to you or anything like that. I'm just just being very honest with yeah, you right now. It's yeah. it it is difficult for me, but I came up with a trade. Maybe it's crazy because I'm uh, I'm out of that loop uh, but I want you to go trade for Kyler Murray from you dumb punt because I think you need to get <laughs> I'm glad I said the throw it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> no, that, that worked exactly how they intended.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: I uh, but I, I think that you need to have if you really want to feel good good about your like chances and everything, you need to have like one of the, the elite QBs. And you would have been in a pretty good uh, situation with Jalen, but you don't have Jalen. So now, I'm thinking, what can you do and get someone like somewhat cheap right now? And Kyler's probably the cheapest he's been in, in quite some time, at the very least. So, I think that that's where I'm going. Now, the problem is, I don't know exactly how to value Kyler in a one QB league. So this might sound crazy, but I'm thinking if you trade Deandre Swift for Kyler Murray and AJ Dillon, and that might not sound great in like a a full PPR league, but in a standard league, AJ Dillon's yeah. a pretty damn good running back. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm thinking it it's possible. You might have to add something. I don't quite know, uh, but I definitely think that it's possible and that, you know, maybe you could work around, you know, obviously you could throw back Stafford or, I'm kind of out on Stafford. Like I, I just want nothing to do with them. He had the back problems. Now he has the elbow problem. Uh, he's he's so erratic and and has those like three t- uh, interception games and everything. I'm perfectly fine sending him away. It's you know it's not going to hurt you. You'll still have Mariota and Fields as backups. Yep. But uh, I think getting Kyler and getting that kind of boost in your QB, because I don't think that things are all doom and gloom for Kyler. I think things are going to be you know, just fine for him. He's going to end up being a top five QB when it's all said and done, in my opinion, at the very least. Um, and I think A.J. Dillon is, is going to be just fine in a standard league. Um, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Things are going to click and get better for the Green Bay offense as well at some point. And, um, and you know I think that could Help you where you still have your Cooper Cup, you have Kyle Pitts if he can come on, uh, CD Lamb. You know, once Dak is back, I think that'll be good enough to where you get the boost from those other positions, and then you know, you can possibly do a little bit better job of contending. I, I, I like that. I especially
1: like the idea of getting Kyler, I'll, as I'll, I'll alluded to in mine, and we'll get to that shortly. I, you know with the 10 teams with the eight starters, you want as many studs as possible. And that includes the QB position. And and Kyler to me is definitely a stud from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I just love Swift so much. Uh, and even in this format, um, he's done fairly well. I think he's like the second highest scoring non QB on this guy's team. So through these first couple of games, uh, even without the PPR aspect, uh, I just, that that would be my only reservation, is I do love Swift, but uh, I, think it, I think it makes sense. I'm kind of with you on the QB value, but since you're getting back Dylan, like, I'm not sure how to judge it entirely either. And right. I do like that you, you threw Dylan in there, and, and like you said, you're kind of playing to the settings, which is what kind of like what we what, like to do this exercise for here, is, you know, bring the settings in, bring the roster in, bring the situation in, and all that stuff, and kind of use that to, to, to get some macro ideas. So, so, Scott, any thoughts on that one? Then maybe we can uh, go into yours.
2: Yeah, I mean, AJ mm-hmm. Dillon has been my my top buy for, you know, the past six months, basically since last season ended. So, um, yeah, I'm all about that. You know, I love Swift, too. So what I would do is I'd go to one of my PPR leagues and go trade for Swift. And then it makes it a <laughs> Make lot easier for to it. trade away this year, you know. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, find somebody. This guy might not have
1: with... 50 leagues, though, Scott. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> join another league. Um <laughs> you know but yeah find 12, find somebody 12. who loves swift and and go and go make a deal you know if whether it's it's that roster or or somebody else's but yeah i mean I, I love that thought process um using the name value too uh you know sometimes you know you yeah i guess swift is scoring a lot in this league but still you have to you still have to play your settings and so i think ultimately fixing the quarterback position um, that's also what I did with my trade, so I mean, I, I'm I'm all about it.
1: So, what so what was yours? Tell, tell the people.
2: Okay, so um, essentially, you know, I I mentioned earlier, I saw this roster before I knew what the settings were, and I was like very excited. I mean, I like this roster a lot. I think you've done a, a nice job considering you took over an orphan and you know we're able to make some moves, and uh, you've got a lot of nice pieces. Um, what you need to do now is try to do these two for ones. You need to try to level up, um, you know, try to, try to package these guys. So uh, the problem is right now you look at two games into it and you go, okay, there's, there's basically three Oh and two teams. And, you know, looking through the rosters, there's probably three or four teams that are like, yeah, I'm not winning this year. I'm, I'm, you know, looking to the future, Um, so you can't really do like an all out rebuild because you're just way behind the eight ball there. Um, so what, what I would try to do is make a couple little moves, uh, maybe use some name value to get some production. See if you can make a run this year and it's going to take multiple moves. This one trade is not going to fix it. But what it'll do is give you some roster flexibility to be able to go any 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 which way so you can, as the season goes on, you know, if you lose the next three, then maybe you start selling off some of these pieces. Um, so, ultimately, what I did here was trade um, Justin Fields, George Pickens, and Kyle Pitts uh, to Levi's Diaper for Trey Lance, T. Higgins, and George Kittle. So, this little portray- trades... This this particular <laughs> yeah yeah well this particular team has um you know they obviously just lost Lance they have Higgins and Chase but they also have Burrow so I don't know if that was intentional of having like that that triple stack essentially um I'm not a huge fan of that necessarily I mean that's that's too much on one on one team, especially when there's eight starters. I mean, that's that's a huge percentage of your lineup. You know, uh one bad game or one injury can kind of really derail it. So again, it's gonna depend on that manager. But if you can get a guy like Higgins in your lineup, um, you know, and there's some excitement around pickings, especially, you know, after that catch tonight, right? And and the whole preseason and everything. And then moving pits to Kittle, like, obviously, I mean, I don't love that, to be honest with you, long term value wise. But in this league, I mean, we're looking for, um, you know, production. We're looking for points and we know what Kittle can do, especially with Jimmy G this year. Um, so I think his value might rebound a little bit from it's just been down with the uncertainty with Trey Lance. But then it gives you that future stack too of, of Lance and Kittle and uh, just gives you another option for the future with Trey Lance. In the meantime, you could make another trade for someone else because Fields is not going to get it done for you this year. Even if you believe in him long-term, that's fine. But this year, he's not going to get it done for you. I, I can pretty much guarantee you that. Um, again, you know, like we were saying earlier, uh, he can have some good games, but inconsistency, we don't know when. When do you mix and match with Stafford? Um, it's, it's just not going to get it done. So I'd be looking to make another trade to find another quarterback there later. And one of the things you can do is you have like 17 wide receivers on your roster of 30. So, you know, when half your roster is wide receivers and you, you're only going to ever start three, maybe four max, um, you want to start calling some of those guys, you know, Jamison Crowder, Will Fuller, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, like those guys, I don't even know if you can get anything but offer them out with a, you know, with a fourth and try to get a third or a third and try to get a second, like anything you can get for those guys and just, just churn them, get them off your roster, get more running backs. Even guys like Dearness Johnson or, you know, um, Jeff Wilson, those guys that just give you one or two games a year that when you plug them in your flex, you know, exactly what you're getting from them. Uh, So from an overall strategy that that's what I'd like you to do with this roster.
1: I I like that one a lot. I I think that the value is, is is like perfect there with the, the the pit you know Pitts kind of you know over Kittle and, and Pickens, uh, is a hot young guy, but Higgins is also a really good young receiver, and you're getting a little upgraded quarterback potentially down the road. Maybe uh, yeah, who knows? But it doesn't doesn't even matter all that much in a one QB. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Going for outside. Uh, and and as I, I kind of mentioned in, in in my trade, which also involves Pitts and also involves Levi's diaper, actually, uh, that I'm not sure, especially for this season specifically, that Pitts has as much uh, value. Uh, you know, in, in this kind of league, you want yards and touchdowns and. Through his career now, he's got one touchdown. Now, we hope that's going to change, but I don't know that is scoring a ton of touchdowns this year. So, no, I mean, no. they've been okay through the first couple of games, but I wouldn't expect them to be with Mariota and Ritter to be piling up the scores. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> so far, uh, Pitts hasn't been piling up the yards either. So, uh, and uh, whatever catches he gets isn't going to matter. So, uh, I, I kind of think he's maybe... He's got the name, but he's maybe a little overvalued if you're thinking of him that way in this league. Uh, I do think he's going to be very good eventually, and it's not going to matter that he's not, you know, getting PPR points or tight end premium points. But, but that definitely does help his value. So, um, John, any thoughts on that one? And then I'll finish up with mine.
3: Yeah, I love utilizing uh, Pickens, especially if that catch, you know, does, uh, you know, get him some more hype. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I like that. Um, I'm so out on George Kittle that like, I, I don't know if I can get, I get behind it. the trade. I get and, it. You know, I really don't. Cause I, I, I do believe in, in Pitt's talent. I don't, once again, I'm not, I wasn't the guy that's like, Oh my God, he's the one Oh one in drafts and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But like, I think he's a good player that is going to be a good tight end that, you know, can okay. help you in that position and everything. So like, I don't want to just give him away either. Um, I just, I'm so out on Kittle. I mean, we've already—he's already missed what two games? Oh, I, I know. He's—he's I know. He's going to miss more. You know it's going to happen. I—I I, I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate. I—I I, honestly, I don't think I've ever had Kittle on a team because I've just always felt that way. I have very and few
2: shares. I'm
1: with. I've you. taken
3: over. I've taken over like an orphan or two. And the second I see it, I'm—he's gone. He's just gone. <laughs> so
1: very boom bust too. Yeah. I don't.
3: I don't hate the values of the trade or anything like that. I don't think it was an idiotic offer for him to make. I'm just so out on Kittle that I don't think I can uh, put my seal of approval. On it. That's it, totally fair. Totally fair. And like I
1: said, Mayan also involves Pitts going to the same team, but Mayan's a little, a lot simpler, not maybe not smaller because it's two major names we're talking about here. But, uh, and this is going to that Levi Snipers team. It was Kyle Pitts for Jamar chase just straight up. And it's basically it, it kind of depends on how how this guy views the season because we talked about it. He's 0-2. I think we might have talked about this even more actually before the show when we were talking about the trade. But uh yeah. he uh, he's 0-2, but he's got a very good team. Uh so it depends on how he's looking at that. He's if he's thinking, well, it's only two games, I'm I'm the best team in this league. I don't want to trade uh, Jamar Chase for a guy who's probably gonna help me more in twenty three and beyond uh in pits. Um, but but he's definitely got a kind of youth move. He's got a lot of young guys on his team. So it might be something he's interested in. He's also got multiple first-round picks. And I kind of figured, you know, maybe he could look at this as he's building a juggernaut for 23. You know, when Pitts truly probably breaks out, he gets his two 23 first-rounders. And this is a 10-team league. So those are two top 10 picks at worst. Uh, so, <laughs> so. And with only the 10 teams and eight starters, you know, I mentioned the stud thing earlier. You're still getting a stud uh, and you're getting a stud this year. Whereas pits is we're hoping a future stud chase. We know is a stud chase, I feel also plays a little more to the settings. Like I had mentioned earlier, he's not what you think. I mean, he's going to get, his, he's going to pile up some catches, but he's, we don't think of chase as a ma- massive PPR guy. He's yardage and touchdowns, which is what you yep. want in this league yardage and touchdowns. So, and, and you don't get older in this trade. So I it, it I like like we've all talked about. I had a tough time coming up with something for this one. And uh, the other thing was too is, is that if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be studless in any position, I kind of like doing it a tight end in this league. You don't have any premium. You don't have any PPR. Right. Uh, so just get a guy like like he still has Ertz, you know, You know, hope for some touchdowns. Hope for some some spike yardage games. There's only maybe what like two great tight ends in the league anyway. Uh, so uh for, for for fantasy or in general. So uh that's the one position I'd be fine going uh studless anyway when I'm trying to build my eight stud starter lineup. So that's what I figured. Just like I said, I had a tough time. This is what I came up with. What do you think, Scott?
2: Yeah, no, I it's I mean, obviously we honed it on the same team there because I think we're probably looking at the O and two thing, right? And yeah, that's uh that's what I was thinking. I yeah. mean normally like for me to trade pits, I would need to get a chase back. The only, you know, for me, it was just more of like non-premium and I, you know, I just was like, you know, what, I, whatever, I'd be willing to do it if I can make everything else work. Um But yeah, I, I like that better as, as far as getting that, that stud back, Um, you know, because John obviously mentioned the, the question marks with Kittle and, and then even Trey Lance and all that. Right. So so yeah, just uh getting getting Chase back. I don't think you can go wrong. Like, can you is there any trade where you you get chase are and it's sad bad? about getting <laughs> chase? Like you know what Never. I mean? So yeah, even giving up pits, like that that is probably the one scenario I would consider trading pits in just about any league.
3: Any okay,
1: second. so it so finishes up, John. Any any thoughts on that last one?
3: The, honestly, I, I love the the idea of it. The only thing I would question at this point is, it, you know, will Pitts even get Chase at this point? Um, you know, like Pitts is started off very slow, true. and you know, That's like true. Chase, Chase is Chase. Uh, so I think you might actually have to add a little bit at this point, and then you, you know, as the, the I, team I would even owner, be
1: okay adding a little bit.
3: Yeah. I I was actually thinking like, what if you threw George Pickens in, Um, you know, like that might get it done. And you know, like, I'd be, I'd be perfectly fine doing that. Um, You know, it looks like you're, you're giving away another stud or whatever. I don't think Pickens is going to be that at least not yet. Like he he could be, I think it's going to take time, especially with that whole situation. I mean, I don't think, you know, Kenny Pickett coming in is all of a sudden going to be the savior. He's still a rookie QB and all that. And then, you know, if he's not even the long-term option, then it's going to be a different rookie QB or another retread or whatever. So, there's a lot up in the air in Pittsburgh, so I, I'm perfectly fine selling Pickens high or whatever you want to call it. Um Yeah, I just wonder if if you can get Chase straight up. That'd be the only question. But I think right. that that is the the right direction to go is to get Chase because I think it will help your team a little bit more than than Pitts probably will this year and then you know hopefully that would help you you know and then make both trades go get you kyler go get you pits <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll really be looking good <laughs> yeah and especially oh, yeah. if the guy on the or other chase, end is not
1: Pitts. yeah chase is factoring in in the settings too like i said i think that the settings do kind of decrease pits's value a little bit without the tight end premium and all that stuff so uh but good stuff good trades hopefully this helps you uh bobby uh that that's going to pretty much finish us up now i do want to uh thank if you were listening i didn't make a big deal of it as i did them but we did hopefully it came through in the in the in the stream here but uh we had a couple of drops uh from from the our good friend brian Har, formerly of the trade addicts podcast dropped him in there let, let, let us know what you think uh, you know, Scott said we're just going to do them uh, regardless of whether you guys like them or not, but I-, I liked them and we actually did these back in the day, like back before Scott, back before Andrew, when it was me days. and Dustin. Yeah, Dustin got Brian to record some of these and then we never really used them very much. We did them a few times and then they were left for dead and I uh, you know after two and a half years i finally figured out how to put them in the stream yard so i figured let's give it a try so you can let us know you think but i mainly wanted to mention that just so i could give a shout out to brian i wanted to thank him for that because uh, they fair. were fun to throw in there and then of course i want to thank john uh, for coming on tonight it's been a blast. Like you said, we did our usual 90 minutes. Hopefully uh, you're not too tired, John, but I want to thank you for coming on. And I want you to, you know, plug away your podcast, anything else you want to tell the people about your Twitter handle, all that good stuff.
3: No, I'm definitely not tired. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was, I, I love talking football and especially trades and stuff like that. I love doing all that kind of stuff. So anybody ever uh, has a trade question or anything, slide in the DMS. I'm always there to help. Um, I am the host of the Monocle Dynasty podcast, the Devi devotional, the full tilt Devi podcast. If you couldn't already figure, if you haven't already figured it out, I like to talk. So uh, I, uh, I, I talk about Devi and Dynasty and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I also have a Patreon where I created a bunch of different tools: a start sit tool, a trade calculator, and uh, a DFS tool that helps you like set your the best like stacking lineups and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm tweaking those and and having a lot of fun with that. And people are, are you know sending me their lineups and you know it's it's really been cool. So. If you want to check all that out, you can. It's only a few bucks a month. If not, like I said, just slide in the DMs. I'm always willing to talk for free, too. So, uh, uh, yeah, you can find me on any of those pods the, on Twitter, on Patreon, or just about anywhere else.
2: <laughs> and you had me at, uh, at Dave Wright. Basically, any correlation yeah. to Dave right? Uh, <laughs> FF Spaceman. For those of you that know on Twitter, I mean, oh man, yeah, that's, the database, that's my, the database. Yeah, that's my
3: boy. I help him with the database because I'm I'm always in there and like I it, not to say that there's always like there's not a bunch of errors or anything, but like randomly I'll find like a, just a random error because when you're dealing with that many oh, numbers oh, and yeah. formulas and everything, like yeah. shit happens, and so I just. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I got a, you know, oh, this doesn't look right. You know, somebody doesn't have 150%, you know, route participation rate or whatever it is. And, <laughs> and, you know, he's like, oh, yep. Okay. That didn't get copied. Right. Like that kind of thing. So I help him out with that. And, uh, awesome. but I, you know, I also utilize all of that data. So anyone that like wants to, you know, get better at this or, you know, just have more information in their, at their hands, definitely check out Dave, right at FF underscore spaceman on Twitter and all of his Patreon and everything. Some of it's free, some of it's not, but uh, there's a lot of info there.
1: Yeah. And also make sure you're checking out all of John's podcast. Uh, I love his stuff. I love talking to John. He's, a, a, you know, he knows a whole bunch about this stuff. He's probably way smarter than me. So go give him a listen. Uh, but uh, we'll finish up here. Uh, you know, I'm at, I'm at dynasty FF Addict. Scott's at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, the pod is at dynasty junkies. I'm not giving the other host handles. We have too many damn hosts. Uh, they'll, they'll give you their handles next time they're on. Uh, <laughs> also, make sure you're following the DAP Network at DAP underscore network. Uh, follow us. Uh, follow the DAP Network also on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube and you can see us when we go live. You can see Fantasy Timeline when they go live. Occasionally, Trey Addicts goes live. So make sure you're following all things DAP Network, Twitter, YouTube, uh, the podcast feed, all that stuff. Uh, and, uh, also please make sure you give us, um, if you're not, if you just happen to stumble upon this, uh, please subscribe if you like what you heard and definitely give us a rating and review, preferably a good one. But, uh, even if it's a bad one, let us know what we can do better then so we can make it a good one. But Scott, uh, I think that's going to finish up all I got to ramble on about at the end of the show here. So why don't you take us out?
3: Yep.
2: And uh keep those uh find me a trade submissions coming. Uh we just yep, posted on Twitter it. the link. So it's a real easy sheet you fill out, put in your information, and then we'll reach out to you as a follow-up. Uh we'll put you in the spreadsheet and we'll get you going. Um definitely get some more submissions here. Uh we can definitely help a lot of people as we get into the season, get some more information. And, um, yeah, it's, it's always, it's always a good time. It's the best part. We love when our guests get involved. So, um, you know, again, thank, thanks to John for that. Um, you know, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, or if you're listening, we appreciate you. Um, thanks again to manscape for sponsoring the show again, uh, code junkies for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Four at Dynasty Coach A, fort at Dynasty FF Addict. I'm at Scott underscore Sidlow. Junkies out.